Welcome to Good News Unspoken. We are here with again with Fred Casillas. Um, in fact, this time you've had a chance to be able to hear an awesome presentation from him in our first episode. Uh, definitely want to refer you back to the previous in our first episode that gives in really in-depth detail on the Eucharistic revival and what that means. Um, but first and foremost, um, one of the biggest things that I want to be able to touch on today is we're going to get to know who Fred Casillas is and what he and the kind of parishioner he is and his his love and passion and zeal not just for god but uh for the community of the parish as well too so as we kind of jump right in on this conversation i definitely want to be able to open up with a small little prayer here we're gonna start in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen we just ask you lord that you uh, you're present here in this conversation that you guide us uh through this uh conversation and this dialogue and this communication with one another and that we ask for the invocation of the holy spirit uh, to be present upon us at this at this particular time and as we continue to dig deep on what it is and what the eucharistic revival is all about in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen all right so uh fred uh kind of want to jump in a little bit on um you know the whole eucharistic revival what it means to you kind of a thing and um your your experience just with uh forming the presentation and really digging into to that aspect so first and foremost uh, i want to welcome you to uh good uh good news unspoken and uh want to just kind of extend uh the the question out to you is what does the eucharist mean to you i mean oh, thank you alex it's great to be here what does the eucharist mean to me well of course it's the presence of god it's um the real presence of god it's uh, being able to to bring or to allow or to ask or to open the door to Jesus Christ to God to come into my to come into my soul and re- replenish my 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 previous sinfulness um, helps me to become a child of God it, it it just clears my mind and helps clear my soul uh, of course I have to I prepare for it I go to confession because I guess we know as Catholics we know we're not supposed to receive uh, the sacrament of uh, the Eucharist uh, with mortal sin. Oh, well, so, well, some of us I believe um, have an understanding that we need to go to reconciliation, but I, sometimes too often I find that uh, a lot of the youth or young adults, um, or even sometimes adults, are not very aware that reconciliation is part of that preparation uh, of receiving Eucharist. And uh, um, is that something? I mean, growing up, that you always knew that confession was a part of receiving Eucharist, or is that something that you know was a, a very vital, important part of preparing um, for Eucharistic celebration for you? No, I'll be honest with you. A little history: I, I was a cradle Catholic, went to St. Joseph's on the South Side, went to uh, Catholic High School La Salle, and went a few years to St. Mary's University, and I really hadn't put two and two together. Um, I didn't realize that. Uh, one, to me anyway, one without the other just didn't work. Not until recently um, did I really start coming together as a cradle Catholic. I was, I was one of the, I guess there's a typical story that you hear of fallen away Catholic. I hadn't gone to, to confession or to, to church or confession for decades. Uh, I met a really great woman, got married to her, uh, got on the, on the right path, mm. and... Uh, started learning more about my religion, actually got involved, started looking inwardly to myself and, and into God and what, what did all that mean. 
and it was a growth process. I think I grew more in the last five to 10 years than, than I did maybe in 60, 65 years of my life spiritually uh, because I did look into it. And I said, what, what does all this mean? Started doing more a confession. I, uh, I try to go at least every week. Uh, at least every two weeks now, whereas before, confession was just, it was just a nuisance, mm-hmm. something I had to do. But I started going more frequently, and I, I love it. I feel great after I go to confession. I'm more conscious of what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, every Sunday, I go to Mass, and I receive the Eucharist. And and some days are just more more invigorated than others. I don't know. I guess it's my human nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when I feel the Eucharist, it just, well, okay, it's so-so. But then there's other times that I just, I'm elated. I guess I'm mm-hmm. spiritually ready to consume the real body and blood of Christ. And uh, that's how I go. It's an up and down thing, I guess, much like life is. You know, sometimes I'm really high on the Lord, and sometimes I'm just sort of a, a mediocre on the Lord. And, yeah. But the times that I'm high on the Lord, I'm really high, and I, and I love that because my soul is clean. I'm invigorated in Christ, with Christ, mm-hmm. and I just, I just love it. There's times that I love it. I guess I have to be in the right mindset spiritually. Yeah, and that's pretty much the of the way my spiritual life goes. Yeah, and, and I, 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 just, I mean, I think a lot of us at times, I mean, especially when you're young or you're coming or you're new to the faith or you don't understand a lot of what Eucharistic celebration is or the Eucharist or the, uh, you know, you talk about the, um, the invocation of the Holy Spirit and all these kinds of things that kind of come with uh, uh, our Catholic faith, right? So you got a lot of doctrinal and dogmatic terms that you come across that can be very intimidating. And it's the same, same thing too, is a reconciliation and repentance and uh, even the Eucharist itself can be intimidating to some people where their, their full understanding or trying to figure out what it all means um, I think at times they can feel like they're falling short of really getting a grasp or um, because I guess I guess to simplify it is that we all at times put ourselves in a position where we can look at something, uh, whether it's a water bottle or we look at something like a an animal or a dog. We can identify right those kinds of things or subjects. Um, but when we look at the Eucharist, I think so many of us try can't connect that the presence and the Eucharist and how this is truly the embodiment of Christ. I mean, so, and you're digging and learning as far as the presentation and the more about the Eucharistic revival. How has that have, how has that helped you to really connect those things together for you? I think uh, the, the intent to understand more uh, fed a lot of my enthusiasm into doing uh, the research, the simple research. Uh, the catechism is easily accessible. Holy Scriptures is, is easily accessible on the internet. You can find anything, unfortunately and fortunately. Mm-hmm. And the intent of trying to learn more helped me. And the more I understood, it wasn't a, a short journey. It was a long, uh, arduous journey, uh, yeah. again, with the hills and valleys. But it's just like anything else, I think. The, the more you try, the clearer things become. And you, uh, there'll be frustration. Uh, but there'll be edification where do you feel god i get it i I, i'm getting it uh it's a it's just it's a continuum you you study a a little bit you look at a a youtube video uh uh, uh, dozens or or maybe hundreds of priests 
on on the internet that uh, explain the faith and you can search any topic and even if you don't especially care for the internet you can uh, read the catechism again you can actually when you go to mass look at mass look at the priest what is he doing what does it mean and you start putting two and two together it's just uh, it's a wonderful gift from god this mind that we have as flawed as it is as flawed as mine is mm-hmm. uh, it takes a lot of time yeah. you know a lot sometimes two and two is five and and that's so, what it is it doesn't make sense but you know <laughs> so is this like an like is this like an overnight process or is this like something you just like um all, all of a sudden out of the blue uh you just uh, i mean you just you're granted this knowledge of the eucharist or is this something that you truly have to put into practice so i think i think many of us especially in a generation like your generation yz your x your xyz right you're 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 more I want I want the information now, and it, it's easier for me to be able to click on a button and to get that information by searching it on Google. Um, but then to wrap your complete like understanding of what the Eucharist is, I think so many people think that it's something that just like oh I just I understand it. So was it something easy for you to really grasp, or was is it a long period of just like really, um, um, just like like looking at words or trying to understand certain things because the catechism can be very intimidating for some people. You look at dogma can be very intimidating. So if I'm someone that's listening to this podcast, you're talking catechism, you're talking, um, you're talking Eucharist, you're, you're talking, um, repentance and reconciliation. There are a lot of Catholics don't even understand those simplistic terms. Um, as we as Catholics understand reconciliation, confession, uh, Eucharist. So how would you, help someone to see that this is not something that happens immediately or overnight. It's a journey. It's a long, beautiful journey. Uh, it took me uh, a lot of years, decades. Uh, but I, when I went into mass, I went in there with the idea that this is going to, this is real. It's got 2000 years of history and there's got to be something behind it for this Catholic faith with the belief that that is the real, real Eucharist. This 2000 years and, uh, you know, I teach uh, 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 faith formation and, mm-hmm. and I tell the kids, you know, 2000 years, you think you think all those all those martyrs that died and were eaten by bears and lions and pierced <laughs> with spears. Were these were these people idiots? Were they morons <laughs> that they would go there and let people burn them and, and, and crucify them and, and throw boiling oil on them? No, they. They, something was going on. They believed in something real. For most people, that would seem a little outrageous, right? Yeah. I mean, just something that you wouldn't think that someone would actually step out and want to be able to make a almost. It's pretty much returning the sacrificial love, right, back right. to back to Christ and what He does for us. But yeah, yeah. I mean, in that in that sense, um, yeah, you would think someone like that is completely outrageous yeah. and insane. So I I go in there with that mindset. This is real, and and sometimes I. I think people want to go in there. They want to hit a grand slam to use a baseball analogy. Yeah. But I'm happy to go in there and get on first base sometimes. Yeah. And then sometimes I have that grand slam. Yeah. And I feel just like I said earlier, I'm walking on clouds because I've got God in me. I, I, I feel so good. And then sometimes I realize, okay, I came up to bat and I had to bunt and mm-hmm. I got on first base. Yeah. But I'm still in the game. Yeah. And I'm still playing this game with my, my beautiful God. Yeah. Uh, this forgiving, loving God that all I got to do is ask and he will take me back in because, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm like yeah. everybody else. I, I've got my problems. And uh, that's these are God's people, you know. Uh, 
make mistakes. We we do stupid things. Yeah. Even at my age, I should know better. But no, <laughs> I'm human. Yeah, we, yeah, we I mess are. up. And uh, I know that God will clean me up and put me back, straighten me up, and let me keep on going. So, so is confession extremely important when it comes to, to receiving communion? Because I know uh, a lot of people would debate, like, I don't have to go to confession to receive communion if I know that the sacrament is truly the healing sacrament. If it's going to heal and give me a sense of, of healing, um, should I have to go to confession uh, for something that I've done that's a mortal sin? Um in, in that sense. So, I mean, we, the Catholic teaching is this, um, you cannot, you cannot receive the sacred sacrament, the blessed sacrament in the state of mortal sin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we know the mortal sin is such things as, uh, uh, stealing, uh, killing, uh, missing mass as simple as that, uh, uh, other things, but we cannot have a mortal sin on our soul. Otherwise it becomes a sacrilege. Mm -hmm. If we receive, the Eucharist or the body of the blood of Christ in the state of mortal sin. So what happens when that, what happens if I'm in mortal sin and I receive communion? Is that? Well, you add, you add to the sin. You, oh, okay. add, you add a sin to it. Okay. But the beautiful part of it is, is not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. We can sin and sin and sin again, unfortunately, but we have the sacrament. We have the sacrament of reconciliation. We didn't touch on that, but that was given to us uh, on, um, on resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Okay. And it's there. It's easy. Uh, Father uh, dishes it out with great love. And again, through Persona Christi, oh, yeah. we take our sins. So if we receive uh, 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 the Blessed Sacrament yeah. in the state of sin, yeah, it's, Especially St. John the Evangelist, there's no excuse not to go to confession. There's always <clears throat> confession available yeah. uh, there, there at, the, at the parish. Father's got confession going all the time, and that's us. I love him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's such a good, it's such a wonderful sacrament. And and like again, if you sin, God's there. He's an all-forgiving, merciful God. It doesn't matter what it is. He's so, there for us all the time. So, so why do you think that some people don't realize that they have to go to confession to receive communion? Do you think? I mean, is that just more or less of a uh, of a honestly uh, a very innocent ignorance on their part? Maybe it's something that they weren't taught or something. Um, that they weren't um, informed about. Um, because I know the church has talked a lot about the catechesis of the fact that the Eucharist doesn't exist, right? Um, uh, as far as like people talking about how the Eucharist doesn't exist. That Pew Research, you talked about that. I mean, I know in your presentation that uh, a, a large percentage of, of Catholics don't believe in the existence of Christ or God and, and the Eucharist. And is that just in lieu of because uh, people just are not informed or why? I, th I think it's all of the above. Okay. I think uh, some of it is, well, everybody else is getting up. I'll look bad if I don't get up. Yeah. Uh, some people roll the dice and say, well, I'll just go receive the, the Blessed Sacrament and and I'll be okay. I'll go to a confession manana. Mm -hmm. And we know how frequently manana comes around. For those yeah. that don't know manana, tomorrow <laughs> that's never going never gonna to come. Yeah. Uh, it's all because we're human. You know, we're, we're, we, we're inclined to sin. We have mm -hmm. concupiscence means we're inclined to sin and i do and i guess a lot of other people do and we just take it lightly but yeah um we can't we can't afford to do that because it's egregious it it's very hurtful to do that to our lord mm -hmm. to consume the the body of christ in the state of mortal sin venial sins as i understand it during mass during the confidior mm -hmm. uh, venial sins are forgiven during mass but only venial not, yeah not now now can now can venial sin add up to where it, it, it could lead you to a mortal sin or, or, or how, how does that, how does that work? So let's say for example, my venial sin is a white lie, but that white lie grows into something that becomes habitual. 
is that and it becomes something where I could could it lead me to a mortal sin? Um, in I, that aspect? I, I think so. Yeah, we figure we're dealing with a devil. He's yeah. a shrewd. He's a shrewd <laughs> devil. Absolutely. You know, he'll he'll get you to take a, an inch and then two inches, yeah. and then before long, you're um, you're a full, whole football field. <laughs> so yeah, the, I tell the kids this at school. Uh, you know, you sin a little, it becomes easier. Gotcha. The next time, and the next time, it can be a little greater, and it's not so bad. It's like, you know, taking uh, one small uh, pill, and the next yeah. one's not so bad. Yeah, it becomes easier to sin. So you try not to. Be, uh, I I can't remember it all, but it, it's uh, uh, interesting what Paul wrote, mm-hmm. St. Paul. Uh, Paul wrote, I'm going to have to, uh, sorry, St. Paul, but I'm, I'm going to have to paraphrase, <laughs> paraphrase. forgive me, in Jesus, of course. This is the, uh, the, Fred, yeah. the Fred edition. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have my favorite sin that I hate, uh-huh. and I hate to do it, but I continue to do it. Mm. And I repeat that to myself whenever I say, oh, you know, I don't want to go to confession yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul said it. I mean, yeah, we've got our favorite sin and we're going to do it again because the devil knows that's where he's got that hook yeah. and he's going to throw that bait and being human, we're going to take it. But being human, children of God, people that are loved by Jesus, he's got, he gave us that sacrament of confession to, because he knows us. You yeah, know? absolutely. He knows us. He knows what he made. Yeah, we're, absolutely. We're, we're, we're greatly flawed at least I am. I so, so, so what's your so what's your prayer? Uh, this the whole Eucharistic revival. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think you mentioned that uh, we'll be. I'm not sure we're coming to a close to it pretty soon, or how that's how that's. Well, it'll be going. It's it's a, a several years long project. It'll be, uh, okay. uh, finishing sometime in 25. 25? There's a National okay. Eucharistic Congress. So, so what's your prayer in in the midst of all this uh, formation and presentation? What is your ultimate prayer in the end that the listener or person in mass or the person you present uh, the Eucharistic revival uh, to, to individuals? What is your ultimate prayer in the end from I that they pray, take away? I pray, dear Jesus, that more and more people will realize that you are there for us. Mm-hmm. You are there to forgive us. Mm-hmm. You are there most of all to love us and be merciful. And you are the merciful, loving God. And that's what you proclaim in Holy Scripture and what the apostles proclaimed, that you are merciful, mm-hmm. you are loving, uh, you are just. That, that's something we have to remember. He's a just God. Yeah. There, there is going to be on the last day, uh, uh, you know, the big talk when he asks us, well, did you, uh, did you do what I told you to do? And, yeah. and I must say, no, God, but I confessed and, I, and, and, and hope that I died in the state of, uh, of sanctifying grace. And I hope everybody else does that because it's it's a wonderful it's there it's a gift all we got to do is take it yeah. and walk with it and continue our journey with God it's going to be bumpy yeah mine is <laughs> uh, bumpy and it's got huge caverns in it and sometimes I struggle to get out of it but I know he's at the top with his outstretched arms and telling me come on Fred you can do it yep come on <laughs> I'm here to love you and, and and take care of you and forgive you and so that's that's my prayer that people continue that's to come awesome. back. That's real cool. And I and I guess on on before before we end on that note, um, how does the Eucharist? Um, how do you live it daily? I mean, because I'll be honest with you, most of us go to Sunday Mass for the most part. Our regular uh, your traditional regular Sunday going Catholic uh, Catholics go to Sunday Mass, receive communion, and by midweek most of us are by Tuesday probably, Monday of that week, we're so engulfed in society and the world and culture um, that 
we kind of lose that daily application of the Holy Eucharist in our life, Jesus being present, right? So what are some things that you do that you could maybe help someone else or help us and to guide us that's things that you do to, to keep the application of the Holy Eucharist present throughout your daily life? I use, uh, I use a big picture. I, I know I'm going to fall. I expect I'm going to fall. I know I'm going to sin. Mm-hmm. And I know God is going to forgive me. So I, I, keep, I stay on that journey. I know it's a journey. It's not a sprint. Yeah, it's a journey, and I know at the end is is uh, is heaven, and, and that heaven and that, or hell, and, and that's and that's the thing. It's not a it's not a sprint. I think a lot of us try oh, to really yeah. run towards uh, something really fast, trying to get results quicker because yeah. we live in that kind of culture, right? I, th- I think people uh, go to mass and they think, well, uh, I'm gonna if the music's not uh, <laughs> not the recent music, and if the priest's homily isn't really that inspiring i'm gonna yeah i'm not gonna go I'm that's gonna, it i'm that's not going it. yeah but that's that's not the deal the, the no. deal is god you yeah know? Absolutely. it's a god thing and that's that's my focus um i i ask for forgiveness okay. uh i follow the golden rule i do unto others okay is i would have them do unto me okay uh you know the lord said jesus said uh love others as i have loved you mm-hmm. and that's not easy but i keep on that thinking yeah, I'm gonna love this guy even though he was a jerk to me when we were driving, and he, and he you know did certain things or the lady yeah. you know mouth some certain words yeah. or, or maybe the, the and it's the, even more <laughs> embarrassing if you're going to the same place it's called church yeah and they cut you off and you do something to that person you realize yeah, yeah. it's the person in the pew, pew in front of you yeah. yeah that's that's definitely doing onto others as you know you want to be able to be gracious but i think that's that's amazing yeah. um what what are uh, what are some of the things that you would like or anything specific that you would like to let anyone know about um the eucharistic celebration or the eucharistic uh, revival um uh some things that you would like for, like maybe a little word of, of knowledge or uh or a factoid that you might have that you have anything you want to share the, the revival is within you and the revival is Jesus, and the revival is right uh, behind those two doors or one door that you walk into that church and you see Amen. that tabernacle with that light uh, lit next to it. That's God. That's the real God. And it's right there. Uh, we have to take part in that revival. Mm-hmm. You can have a revival on, on atomic steroids, but if, if you don't participate, yeah, it's not going to do any good for you. You have to get in there and, and let God's grace and love come into your heart and, and, and pull you in. You have to want to. you got to want it to happen. Yeah. Because that's, that's what we got free will, and that's, that's been my downfall is I have free will. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I don't use that free will wisely. So uh, uh, we've got to want it to happen. We've got to have the animal. Yeah. For those that don't stunt, uh, I didn't say animal, I said animal. <laughs> Uh, we have to have the love, the desire. That's the word. Yeah. We have to desire God. And, uh, and awesome. that's, that's it. I think that's a big, uh, the big deal right there. That's, that's really awesome. And, and I think for those of you who are listening to the podcast, one of the things to keep in mind is that uh, prayer is very important as part of uh, our faith. Um, being able to, to obviously always be in communication with, with God um, through prayer, but to understand that I think ultimately that, um, God calls us to a divine life, and that divine life uh, is to be in celebration of not just the Holy Eucharist, but all of the sacraments within our faith. Um, and it's up to us to be able to tap into those 
um, into those sacraments because without those um, graces, right, uh, we won't be able to truly experience the true presence of God because it's through his graces and through his mercy and through his love that we begin to really understand what that means for us. And I think one of the things like what Fred said here is it's important that um, um, we are constantly, constantly um, chasing after Christ. Um, in the same token, he's always chasing after us, right? So, um, and he's there for us and he's present of the Eucharist. Uh, Fred, I want to thank you for the time that you've given us. You're welcome. And I want to appreciate all that you're doing for the parish, uh, the Eucharistic revival. I know is a, a, it's a big, a big uh, take on um, for um, of not just the personal sacrifice of your time, but of all that you do for the parish community. I love it. You're so, welcome. Yeah, no, I want, want to, we want to thank you completely. So we, again, uh, this is good news unspoken. We thank you for listening to the podcast. Again, this is a parish, um, uh, organized, developed by the parishioners of the parish. So, um, we are always, always looking for individuals with testimonies and talks and uh, their experiences within the faith uh, to be able to share uh, their faith with others uh, to the local parish community. Again, this is Good News Unspoken here at St. John the Evangelist with the Archdiocese of San Antonio. We thank you guys for all that you you have, have, have done, if you've contributed to the parish life. And we thank you, Fred, also for being a part of the uh, the podcast. Thank you. Um, and God bless you guys. And we'll end with a little prayer. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. We just thank you, Lord and Holy Father, for all that you have given us. We thank you for your graces. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. And we ask you that you continue to open up the caverns in our lives in a, in a good way, that you're able to make that space and room in our hearts so that you're able to help us to uh, fill in those caverns uh, with your faith. Uh, with the faith, the hope, and the love of the Holy Eucharist, and uh, that we begin to understand through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, what it truly means to be faithful to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you, guys. God bless you, and have a good evening, good night, or good morning.